0: microphone off. Oh, right. Hi, (laughs) y'all. Hi, (laughs) y'all. Welcome to that leaving podcast, a podcast where in four academics do silly gestures and make me laugh during the opener. We're in four academics who love television. Oh, nope. Doing it all over again. (laughs) We recap. Analy- I'm just going to find my way through it and everybody's going to be
1: <laughs> here. Who's
0: editing this episode? <laughs> no, no, no. Leave it all in. Leave it all, all in. It's beautiful. Uh, Keep it. <laughs> and cut. Uh, recap, analyze, and love and hate on all things popular culture. Right now we're working our way through Degrassi, the next generation, taking them two episodes at a time. Today we are uh, covering episodes... <clears throat> uh. Oh 306 and 307 Uh, that is gangsta gangsta and uh, should I stay or should I go and uh, two things before we start spoiler alert there will be full spoilers as we recap each week's episodes and sailor alert uh, I mean we've got naughty mouths so I'm Tiffany Salter I'm a professor of Asian American and Pacific literature as well as uh, film Uh, and I teach classes on sci-fi cartoons I'm doing a class in winter term I'm very excited about. Uh, I'm doing two, one on film noir and one on cyborgs. So that's my life that I'm prepping for next semester.
2: I'm Jacinta. I'm an assistant professor of English. I study television, film, and pop culture. teach classes in those areas as well as uh, writing, digital media, et cetera.
1: I'm Sonic Gabbard. I'm a professor in women's and gender studies at DePaul University and also sexuality studies. Uh, My research is mostly around LGBTQ plus movements transnationally. uh, And I teach uh, pretty much everything that women's studies has to offer. Uh, This quarter, I'm focusing on transnational and global sexuality uh studies and sexuality justice issues and oh hold on you're gonna
3: have to cut that
1: and i live in a city um anyway uh
3: that's, that's. i'm brendan uh, i'm a teacher a teacher <laughs> i'm sorry no it's okay i my first i when she said we have naughty mouths um i know i know i've <laughs> just, just out uh, of the frame. Uh,
0: dear, uh, listeners, dear listeners, <laughs> we can see each other as we record this from our separate homes, and it's very good.
3: Hi there. I'm Brendan. Uh, I'm a professor of English uh, in a humanities department. I teach mostly uh, a lot of composition. African-American literature, and some women's studies adjacent stuff. Um, And just as a reminder, every couple episodes to remind you that you can watch all the episodes we're discussing on YouTube for free, thanks to the lovely people in Canada.
1: Yay, Canada. They do it better. Um, Okay, so I am recapping this episode. 306. We open with lonely boy Sean, who is messing up his brother Tracker's game. Tracker brings a lady home, and obviously they can't get to it because Sean's there. Uh, it's during his exchange with Tracker that we learn that Sean and Emma have not hung out for over a month. And it's clear that this is going to be one of the issues in the episode cut to the next day we get a glimpse of that guy jay that we talked about last episode and his girlfriend who we have yet not yet met but her name is alex and i'm very excited we'll talk about that later um in a display of toxic masculinity sean and jay bump chests slash stare each other down when jay bullies toby and jt uh sean and jay later bump heads when sean uh, catches the riffraffs looting the vending machine They go back and forth. Radich confronts Sean saying that somebody had mentioned that Sean was around the vending machine when it got broken into. Sean uh, then confronts Jay about this and a fistfight ensues. Uh, While waiting to receive their punishment from Radich, however, Jay and Sean bond and Jay offers um, to let Sean hang out with them if he ever wants to, quote, hang out with people like them instead of the Geek Squad. So the next day, Sean and Emma uh, are busy picking up litter, uh, trying to get in as much face time as possible. And they end up making out while they're collecting litter and Kendra catches them. This very much embarrasses Emma and she tells Sean they can't do that anymore. They, They get into a little bit more of a discussion or I guess an argument and they leave it just at that. Uh, the next day, Sean and Jay and now Jay's group talk to each other and Jay invites him, Sean, to help them steal things from the, what is it called? Media Immersion Lab, the MI Lab. When they're breaking into the MI Lab, Jay goes to steal a keyboard. Sean says, no, 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 no. This brand new shiny laptop is what you should really steal. As an aside, the laptop belonged to Snake. It was his new laptop to help him get through chemotherapy. We return the night ne- uh, return return later to see Sh- Emma watching Sean from afar. They've had a fight about not getting to spend a lot of time together. And cut to the next day. Emma approaches Sean and his new squad, asks if they can talk and kind of iron things out from their argument in the litter collection from the day before. Sean says no, I'd rather just stay right here. Emma asks if they can reconcile. Sean says no. And it's clear that Emma and Sean are now breaking up. Um, At the end of the episode, we see Snake looking for his laptop. Emma looks through the glass to see Sean with a container that looks like it could possibly be a laptop in tow. Uh, and, And it's communicated to us that clearly Sean, uh, Emma knows that Sean stole the laptop. So that's plot A is basically Sean's new joining of the the the, I don't know what to call them the tough guy squad. Plot B is Toby and JT experiencing some growing pains. If y'all will recall last season, we had JT uh, and Paige becoming friends. And this has clearly continued throughout the summer into the new year. After JT ditches the inaugural meeting of the Rooks and Knights Club uh, to hang out with the cool kids, Toby uh, says that he's very concerned about JT ditching him constantly. JT says that he'll still go over to Toby's house. They're having a sleepover. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, the next morning, JT uh, is caught having a wet dream about liberty by Toby. Uh, Toby blackmails him into bringing him along to the cool kid table. And at the cool kid table, Toby is just being Toby, explaining what Euchre is in terms of etymologically. Uh, And JT is embarrassed, so he starts making fun of Toby in front of the cool kids. In response, Toby then spills the beans about JT's wet dream to Paige, Hazel, and Spinner. The, the sort of plot B is tied up with JT and Toby agreeing that JT has new friends. However, he'll still be Toby's friends and that Toby is still is not cool enough to hang out with the cool kids. So we're going to see probably some more of that unpacking in the future. So that is what we've got for 306.
3: What a messy ass episode. Oh my <laughs> yes, god! It is. <laughs> it I, said, I don't mean like these are messy people. I mean like the plotting was just yes. so And the intercutting confusing. was terrible and yeah. It's so bad. There's like yeah. I think what this episode wants to do with Sean is how like I think At the end, I was like, oh, so this is supposed to partially be an episode about, like, whether or not Sean can leave behind who he was before. Because when we first meet Sean in the show, he's sort of come here from another school where he beat up a kid so badly that the kid is, like, deaf in one ear. And this is something that Jay knows and brings up when they're talking in the office. And there's this language of people like us. And so there is a sort of, like like a rough and tumble, but also a class yeah. thing here class. and a yeah. chip that Sean has on his shoulder that is sort of something he's bringing to scenarios that aren't really like Radich asks him about the uh, vending machine. Cause his his lockers buy it. He says, Oh, because I'm poor and Radich then gets more suspicious because he's so like angry about it, I. What I kept thinking was, as much as we find Emma annoying, she's such a better actress in this episode than Sean is. In the fight, I was just like, God, this man, this boy, is not quite coming to his ability to, to pull off what the episode wants him to. Because I think it's supposed to be about class and anger, but I. It didn't really I think
2: land. I think it's also just a lot about isolation and like you know he feels like he's being abandoned by tracker he's already been abandoned by his parents he feels abandoned by emma he runs across this group who seems to have people similar to him who he doesn't have to like pretend to like sushi to be around and have a certain Kinship there And the the thing I, we didn't talk about Yet that they bond over is cars Right oh, yeah. because Sean loves Cars Jay has a, a nice Car that he's trying to make nicer So they talk about that kind of stuff Which is why they steal the laptops Whatever uh, So like he has all these connection Points and I think it comes in at a time Where he's feeling like I need somebody or Somebody's And Emma doesn't have time for me right now. And it does sound like he's starting out by trying not to be supportive, but it's just like he's, they're teenagers (laughs) and he is not handling it well. Well, he's, he's reacting
1: the way he should, like we, Emma is kind of a superhero this season in terms of handling all the things and not being totally shitty. And Sean is like someone that is reacting to someone like that, I think age appropriately for a 15 year old like i want it to be about me and emma's like
2: hello it cannot be about you because it's not even about me like it, this is bigger than both of us it's also like snake you know because they play make the plan to spend time together and then snake says nah you gotta go watch jack or whatever and so like you know emma's being imposed upon too but like it's her family and so she's like obligated but like sean is not obligated to comply (laughs) to comply
0: with this well and yeah so i mean there's an inherent sort of like support system built in for emma and like she recognizes that even though shit is hard right now like when it is bad for her that she will also have these two and a half, you know, like three people, (laughs) when Jack is older, uh, who will also be there for her and be able to provide her support. Sean doesn't have any of that. So like, I mean, he has tracker who, like, at least keeps a roof over his head, but like, is not like, I mean, like, we've seen a few sort of like, gestures at tender moments, but like, like tracker were to understand is not like generally there for him. And so like when you have someone who is has no parents has a, you know, a a brother who, you know, is is largely just trying to like, keep, you know, enough money to keep them in clothes in a house, and then occasionally bringing home a girlfriend or whatever, like, and you, like so I mean there's a comparison that like naturally happens between and we've seen this you know with the with the you know the the pickled herring versus sushi and 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 all of this in the last season um but like if the person who is there who has been there and sort of like been a grounding influence for him is Emma and she's all of a sudden no longer there then like like how is he to sort of like navigate um these i don't know untoward influences that in the form of of jay and crew even though we don't know who else we don't have names yet for the other characters
2: um the black guy's name is Towers, towers. with okay. a z towers and what was the woman's <laughs> it I, I, her Alex. name is Alex, and she's I, very I important in the future. I don't, I don't know if uh, I, I can't remember if they actually say Towers' name at some point. I don't know why I know that's his name, but <laughs> it is his name.
3: I think part of the problem. I mean, I think everything we're saying makes sense. It's just that the show doesn't really know how to show all of that, right? And it's the problem you have with the character who is isolated, and this character is not very verbal, and the actor he's doing his best, but he's not a great actor and they haven't given him a friend. And so that's why he becomes friends with the guy who's described as a hundred percent pure psycho at the beginning. So unlike say when something happens in the Marco Jimmy friend group, where there's at least a couple people who know how to kind of talk about feelings or even Emma and Manny, even when they're on the outs, they're better at talking about their feelings <clears throat> Sean's a really good listener. He's not a really good talker, right? Sean in previous, Mm -hmm. last season was really good at listening to Emma. And Emma wants to listen to him when she comes back and she wants to apologize and she has the, but it's, I think that makes it hard. Um, I think also the show, and I was just looking to see, because this is around the same time as the OC, right? The US show falls into a similar trap that show does and other shows teen shows that have a character who is explicitly lower class where it like wants to show that being lower class like limits options but it can't really like there's this way that being lower class for some people is a trap and some people get out And there's like an exceptionalism and with Sean they're trying to navigate that because it because on the OC, if you if anyone's watched that, there's like the character who's lower class who makes it, but then like half the people attached to him don't because they're trapped by their, and it, it's, because that conversation between him and Jay in the office where he says, we're your one of us, and then the conversation in the auto body shop when he says to Craig, like you're more likely to sell the car than to fix the car, is about a kind of class politics. And the show is, like, doing really interesting things, but it just it just felt like such a shaggy episode.
2: You just reminded me, like, one of the things that I actually do gripe about with this season, and we've already seen it so far, is, like, I think the show actually does really drop the ball on Sean and Craig's friendship to put Craig in with Spinner and Jimmy and Marco more directly and more, like, lo- like, Isolated away from Sean. Totally. And and admittedly, they're in different grades, but like it, they, I think that is a loss for Sean's development.
1: I think a lot of that also has to do with the coupling up of Ashley and Craig, too. Right. Because, and that's something that we're supposed to assume happened over the summer. But I agree. They didn't they never explained, like I wrote that in my notes. Where's Craig? Because he and Sean did have some actual verbal intimacy, like at some point last season. Yeah, if and if
0: I can go back to Brendan's point about like what what um Sean says to Craig about him being more likely to sell the car, I think that like Craig takes it as an insult, as in it's a it's a comment about ability, but like There is a certain upward mobility to, you know, to having a business where you, even if you're selling used cars, like you're selling cars versus being someone who is in the pit underneath the cars and like doing the sort of like manual labor of, so, so like, like it, it signifies both ways. And I, and I think that like Craig wants to take it one way, but it, not that he like is visibly offended, but there is a little bit of a scoff there.
3: And the way that, I mean, I think we talked about this maybe a little bit already, but Sean's ability to work with cars is already sort of is part of what the cool older kids see in him, right. along with the fact that he's willing to take on Jay in a fist fight, is that, like, I was expecting them to box with him when he's, like, getting up in their space and telling them what to do with the car, but they're just, like, kind of in awe that he knows... Um, also, that he's smart enough to know that you that a keyboard is worthless, but uh, if you're stealing from the media immersion lab, which is like, ooh, well done. Uh, also, don't they have cameras? Like,
2: wouldn't
1: uh, I mean no.
2: it, it was it was two thousand three ish, so maybe not. The surveillance
1: state didn't fully take effect.
0: Yeah, yeah. they might
2: not have had that lockdown. Just well, and the
0: but that laptop is very shiny and very new and very green.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It totally is like a mock, like a fake, almost like PC version of the uh, PC. But by that I mean personal computer version of the i the iBooks. Remember those like bright Technicolor uh macbooks that had like green you could have uh, all the different colors
3: so the gangsta gangsta of the title of this episode yeah uh is that supposed to refer to this like cool kid group because when they roll up to the school at the end of the episode i think that's when we get this like rap music uh i mean and then uh earlier in the office right Jay says, "You're all M and M on the outside, which you know, Jacinta called two one or two episodes ago when you referred to yes, Shauna she as did, Eminem. yes, she did. Uh, <laughs> eight Mile, yeah, Eight Mile. No. So no, I guess no. is the gangsterness just like a sort of working class rough and readiness? I, <laughs> I mean,
2: just, so so Eight Mile came out in like 2002 or something like that." So, I mean, I I think that's obviously a point of reference. And I think, like, you know, this is, like, a direction we, we see Sean leaning into and then, like, fully diving into in this episode. Um, as he's, I guess, figuring out who he's going to be right now.
3: I think... I mean, there is another, like, sort of third storyline here, which is just like, just the the continuation of, the, of what we talked about in our last episode, which is like Snake doing chemo, Emma taking care of him. It's sort of connected to the Sean thing. It's part of the isolation, right? But mm-hmm. the actual B plot, if you want to talk about the B plot, is much lighter. Uh, it's a trifle in a sort of. Toby and JT way I mean it is about the state of their friendship um, I think we could have done without the the small bit of fantasy of Liberty uh, although I guess it does balance somewhat the Liberty fantasy was Liberty the one who had the fantasy about Toby or was Toby yeah. the one that had the fantasy about Liberty No.
1: Neither. Liberty has the fantasy about JT, I yeah. thought.
3: Right, okay. So that makes me feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. Obviously, the wet dream connection is a little much, but... Uh...
2: I mean, he's 14! Oh, no, I didn't know <laughs> it that. Does track. <laughs> it does track. No, it
3: made sense. I mean, and I think that it was funny how it was played out. Um, I think my favorite part of that whole storyline is that when he go, when. Is it JT or no? It's when Toby is saying you've had a he you've had a wet dream and you've had a wet dream and they point (laughs) to Mr. Radich and he's eating a cream donut and he's like Mr. Radich has even had them and then he like bites into the cream donut (laughs) and like that that and the fact that it's not geeky to play euchre but it is geeky to know the etymology of euchre
2: yeah right is the divider I mean Toby Toby's just Toby is just so awkward in in general, but in this episode, he and what he really likes blackmail, and I just feel like this does not work <laughs> out for him at all. And he just has stopped blackmailing people because, like, it does not go. It's not gonna because, like, JT, JT, and him can have it. You know, have it out about their friendship, however, but your friend's friends are not necessarily your friends. And I feel like that yeah. is the lesson he had to learn here. Which yeah. I kind
3: of appreciated that at the end. That they are well, and
2: I that. appreciate
1: it's it's the opposite of the Emma Manny fight, right? It's similar, it's the same in terms of the themes, like Manny wants to be part of the this group of kids too. And Emma's like, that's stupid, don't be like that. But the difference is Emma, and Emma doesn't just accept Manny for wanting to be popular the way that Toby just accepts JT for wanting to be popular. Right. I, JT. I don't know. Like Toby doesn't have the same amount of judgment that Emma has. I feel I, like.
2: Because Toby doesn't care about JP JT wanting to be popular. He cares about being left behind. Right.
1: Right. Whereas Emma, like there's always a little bit of morality with Emma. You know, it's very much a holier than thou and and I'm sure some of it's wrapped into, like, her, her gender politics, which we've talked about in the past with the cheerleading episode. But I think it's also just, it kind of fits Emma's brand, right? Like, it fits Emma to think that she's above I everybody.
3: Mean, and Emma has confidence that Toby doesn't have. Whether we like her confidence, she has confidence. Right. I, I guess I,
0: I read the end a little bit differently. Like, I, I guess I didn't feel like Toby was as accepting as... I think that there is a sort of, like, acceptance that it's the way it is, but I don't think that he's, like, okay with it.
3: Mm-hmm. I agree. Um,
0: I think it's yeah. left
3: ambivalent, but not, yeah. like, not, not. it could have been sadder, ambivalent. Lord right, knows. Right, right. Um, but, I,
1: I mean. And Toby has a girlfriend, and he had, Toby has an other life, too, that's not JT. He just
3: doesn't see it that way. I think that's the interesting thing is that he doesn't see that the chess team, like he's kind of caught up in these hierarchies in a way that Emma might judge those hierarchies. Emma's thief is never like, you're leaving me for the cool kids because they're cool. You're leaving me and I don't believe I agree with sort of two different approaches to that factor. Yeah. Um, I feel like this episode kind of bleeds into the next episode. If we want to talk about it and move there, unless there's anything we need to say about this episode. At least some of the, uh, the themes followed over for me.
1: I mean, do we need to mention like Sean's styling and how they in- intensify his styling with the hoodie? <laughs> like, cause that was also very strategic. Like he, the, the more he kind of goes into or joins uh, Jay's crew like he wears his hoodie the whole time instead of part of the time. Right. Like that also, I think is really interesting what they're doing with, I mean, I don't think it's interesting. I think it's a played out stupid trope, but like they're using the hoodie a lot to do things as well.
3: Well, it's also, I mean, it is also, we had an episode, a couple, we talked about it. Like if Manny's thing is about performing something, there is a performance. It's just Sean is perhaps less aware of the performance he's doing. Right, This is about performing, even if it's just retreating, into a trope.
2: I mean, to be clear, Sean's wardrobe for the entirety of the show has primarily been jeans, denim jacket, white shirt, black shirt. Now we've got a hoodie and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> and a bandana. Now he's got yeah, a bandana. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it is not a, a broad wardrobe that he has. It's just now they're sort of like... Putting all of the
1: pieces on him at once. Yeah, they're putting them all on at once, and maybe making them looser, <laughs> less rebel without a, a cause, more, I guess, Eminem. Eight Mile. He's
2: yeah. just
3: in the moment want
2: Mom spaghetti. <laughs> mom's spaghetti.
1: Oh, mom's no. spaghetti. <laughs> so, episode yep. seven. All right, um, episode seven. Oh my god. I'm sorry, y'all. This episode was so cringy for me. Um, Okay, so episode seven. Crashly are testing the limits of their relationship, both emotionally and sexually. In the opening scene, Craig subtly tries to advance on Ashley sexually. She stops him. Um, They have a moment where they look into each other's eyes, and Ashley tells Craig that she loves him. To radio silence. The next day, Craig wisely thinks something's up with ashley and decides that he needs to fix it um since he did not tell her that he loved her when she asked him uh so with marco's consultation he decides to tell ashley how he feels by buying her a rose which i think i forget is it i think it's the school fundraiser is that right Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. school fundraiser giving people roses um so instead of buying her one rose, he buys her a dozen. When the flowers are delivered in the class to all of the different people, uh, Ashley gets a dozen roses and her classmates, including Paige, are ogling and ooing and eyeing. And Ashley's excited, but her excitement is quickly tempered when she reads the card which says, quote, Ash, you rock. <laughs> XOXO, Craig. So Ashley is in a, is in her feels and feeling spurned by Craig's inability to articulate his feelings for her. Um, Ashley then tells Craig that she thinks they should take a break since he cannot tell her how he truly feels about her. In an attempt to win her back and express his love, Craig writes a song for Ashley, which he performs in the school gym. As he's performing, a la Ed Sheeran, the girls, um, Manny and Paige, walk in for cheerleading practice and watch the rest of the song, the performance. Ashley takes Craig back. And uh, throughout the show, Ashley is preparing Paige's surprise party for her Sweet 16. Uh, So when Ashley takes Craig back, she invites him over and he's helping her set up for the party. Uh, emboldened by his, his confession, she asks him if he wants to spend the night and go all the way. So at the party, Craig mentions this to Spinner, which is the worst idea ever. And Spinner makes eyes at Craig, like, Ooh, you're going to hit that type of eyes. Craig, not seeing Ashley right behind him, kind of makes eyes back at Spinner. Ashley, obviously hurt and upset, walks out the door. Craig runs out and follows her. Ashley tells him, forget about it. It's over. Uh, and Craig leaves upset. Not only that Ashley broke up with him, but also that he blew his chance to get with Ashley. Craig goes back to his, his play or the, the gym or the garage where they practice. Sorry. I forget where he, where he's practicing. Um, and, What we don't see is Manny following him from Paige's party to uh, his house. Manny, waiting in the wing, swoops in, asks Craig to sing the song that he wrote to Ashley that she had heard a part of, and then dotes on him afterwards and tells him how wonderful he is, and basically kind of sets the stage for her to become his rebound. Um, There is a little sub. Sub-sub-plot with Manny and the guy that she dated, she bought him a rose, which was also very cringy. He gave her the rose back uh, because she was like, why didn't you give me a rose? He's like, here you go. So clearly he's not as into her as she's into him. And that's why she goes to the party solo. Plot B is a little bit more morose, a little bit more of a struggle. It's it's Snake struggling with chemotherapy and depression and pushing all of his loved ones away. Um, he's alienating everyone, especially Spike and jo- uh, Joey and Emma. So to cheer him up, Spike and Joey tell him to go bowling. He goes bowling. We meet a another friend of snakes that i don't recall his name who sits down and tells a very compelling and sad story about uh his drunk driving experience and then they talk about depression and we're supposed to understand that snake is going to come out of his chemo funk based on this conversation um so that's the main parts of the the episode, this episode has a lot going on. I know I kind of skimmed over the Manny part. Um, I think well, you
3: skip a- to the very end. The very end of the episode, the stinger, is that uh, we are to believe that Manny and, and Craig, Craig have, sex. have sex and then the next day at school, Ashley comes up to Craig, says, hey, I talked to Paige. I realized yep. I overreacted. I want you back. I love you, and Manny. Like Craig has been avoiding Manny. Manny, being Manny, at this point in the show, thinks her boyfriend and girlfriend, thinks her boyfriend and girlfriend, and is like following him at a distance, trying to get his attention. Sees us all go down. Sees, how she says she still loves him, and then over his sh- her shoulder, Craig can see Manny and. There's a voiceover weird ADR thing where they yes. you hear him say "I love you" while too. making hard um, eye
0: contact with Manny.
2: With Manny, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. So I think this was a little better than the last episode, but this was still shaggy as fuck. It, uh,
2: there's there's a lot. I I feel like there's just a lot in these two episodes that is like foreshadowing yes. of things and and it's they're just putting a lot of seeds here and not really it's, like yeah. carrying any of it's them out right
0: yes it is very
2: seedy. yeah Frank <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the worst I mean, like, yeah so if i if, if i ever say that like Craig is problematic. It's really just all of this. (laughs) That's true.
1: This is probably the lowest of the Craig lows. Yes,
0: and Um. I agree wholeheartedly. But also, like, trying to coerce someone into saying I love you, like, is also, like, not a great look. Yeah.
2: Yes. yeah. No, it's yeah, messy. I mean, it's that's, messy. And, and, and that's like Pete yeah. Ashley, right? Mm-hmm. Is to like try to manipulate. Because the re- part of why her and Jimmy didn't work out, not the only reason, but part of why they didn't work out is because he didn't say enough about anything. And she wanted him to say more about anything. And part of why her and Craig connected is because they were able to talk. But he's obviously got this emotional block around saying "I love you," which seems like it. I mean, it should be easy enough to understand. But yeah. also, Ashley is Ashley's. So. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, is. like the kid is, his dad hasn't been dead for a year. Like it hasn't been a full year and like, hello. Girl. Well, and also it's his gone. parents had a, his parents had a terrible right. relationship. Oh my god. This, why well, and also up. like,
0: I mean, there's no, there, we'll get to Craig, but like, there's just no even like asking <laughs> about like, because he says like, this is difficult for me. And like, inst- instead of actually right. hearing him and saying like, I understand we can, we can talk more about this. Like, but you know, like know that like, I have, also feelings about this you know there's i mean granted sure 15 16 year olds are not necessarily like able to have like emotionally intelligent conversations about this and i understand also that like there's a pressure on particularly girls to like like perform high school relationships in a particular way uh, it's just it's just very yeah. like, it, like it is just very clear to me in these episodes, like how uh, how far Ashley also has to go in sort of like achieving it some kind of emotional intelligence, because like that also like for me, like, I don't think that we're supposed to walk away from this episode thinking that either one of them was like 100% right, because neither of them are. But also
3: Craig sucks. <laughs> I think she did all that work, though, with him at the end of the last season about his dad. Like, she's in a lot of emotional sure. heavy lifting with him. Um, and I also think, I mean, she's been kind of through the ringer with guys. There's something, and I think it's also that Craig is just a whoa, whoa, who me guy. Yes. Uh, that it makes it really hard especially because Ashley is such a Ashley and Emma are very different, but they're similar in the way that they both think they have something under control. I think Emma is actually in some ways more emotionally intelligent oh, than sure. Ashley is in a oh, lot of ways, sure. but Ashley, yeah. Ashley thinks she is. Cause she's like read a lot. Right. Um, yes. uh,
0: like all I, like my only point in bringing this stuff up was just to say like, we are about to like take Craig through the ringer, but I do think that like the yeah. like this is not only Craig's. There, Craig is not the only person who's in the wrong. I think that he is way more in the wrong. <laughs> I just wanted to say that like, like I I think that it's interesting that the show takes on this this sort of question about like when it is and isn't appropriate to say. Like, I love you and what that should mean for the physical parts of your relationship or, you know, like the physical intimacy in a relationship and like emotional maturity. It, like, I just think that it's like, it's interesting to see like all of the sort of like pieces of like complexity, but they do like, because it is very shaggy, they do not actually like really get into it. Um So yeah, but I, I hear you. Like, I don't think that like... Ashley's terrible. I just think that
3: I do think it's interesting that in the same episode Marco is the person that Craig really turns to right his his screw up is that he talks to Spinner at the party but before that really Marco is his sort of like emotional intimacy coach.
2: Yeah. Right.
3: And Marco has a better handle on the situation.
2: Which we've said before, Marco's much better at flirting than all the other guys. He's really
1: good at it.
3: And I think that generally, I mean, Craig makes a comment, you really are a girl, which is like obnoxious. But otherwise, he, it's, this was when I was glad this one finally sort of showed us the lack of resolution of the Marco spinner thing, right? There is a moment here. There's a couple of moments that refer to that within the friend group being the sort of thing that they might not Mm -hmm. have it all focused on. Um, Now we can run Craig through the fucking ringer if we want. Hold on.
2: Before we get to that, (laughs) can we also just note that apparently Ashley did not watch friends because she decided that her and Craig should go on a break. And I was like, girl, this don't go well. (laughs) Like You you should not do this. It is, it is going to go poorly, even though y'all kind of get back together. Like, One could debate about whether or not they are together, together when all of this is happening. I read that as I mean, one being Ashley could debate if they are actually together, and I was like, "You, this is a bad situation to set up for yourself."
1: I mean, Manny would totally. I think Manny would have no qualms with being the weekend, but I think Manny totally read them as being broken up. Like, I think Manny was like, sweet. And not in a predatory way, just in a, like, she was like, cool. I've been waiting for this. This is my moment. Manny's
3: character, since the first Manny Craig episode, has this sort of, like, she sort of runs on two tracks now, right? Which is, like, the sort of developing, more mature self, that is interested in expressing her sexuality and dressing a certain way and standing up to Emma and renegotiating their friendship and being the sort of second or tertiary leader of the spirit squad running alongside that is this hyper romantic who like has like goo goo eyes. And I find frustrating because sometimes I think it makes sense that they both are there. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense that the person who's so, biting and aware and i guess maybe it's a boys girls crushes versus like that's what it
1: is it's totally and i think
3: that is part totally of and i find that sort of interesting and also frustrating because i like the manny that is developing with her and emma even in them relitigating their friendship
2: i think that manny first and foremost wants to be in love mm-hmm. and wants to want to Wants to be wanted, and I think part of what she's doing now is like an avenue that she sees as getting to that point, which is why the ending is so upsetting for her because she saw that as a way to get to that point finally where she has been trying to get to all along with her
1: mega crush, like mm-hmm. with her one and only. Like it's always been Craig for Manny,
3: mm-hmm. and it's going to be devastating for Ashley because her life is just a series of
1: Of journal entries of moody journal entries no
3: but also of people just like of people like (laughs) taking everything from her right like these sort of people like putting herself in these situations but then other people manage her i and it's harder because i think she thinks she has a control i don't know
0: when she was leaving the party i was like manny no like i yelled it and like and like so like i (laughs) my living room window is like five feet to my right and outside of that window is my neighbor's patio that they like go in and out of their door and uh they were walking their dog back inside and i was like manny no!"
1: Oh my god, yes. Oh lord. Don't do it, girl.
3: I do love the expression that the expression that Craig has when Ashley says, I love you. It's amazing. He's like a he's like a, a Charlie Brown character. Uh, ooh. I mean, yeah. Also, I, like,
2: <laughs> what, that's not they've, surprising. You know, they've been dating for like three months and he's like <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Right. He's like, well, I, I sure,
3: I'm a but those figure. three right. those three months included her like sitting with him, like through all that shit with his dad. I mean,
2: yeah.
3: That dance was a lot. I don't we're teenagers. It, it was. There's uh, a very gendered thing here too, like we said yep. earlier. And it's right. not it's about who says what when, yep. and who's expected right. to say it, and who if they say it, is considered in earnest, and who isn't? And the show, as much as it tweaks certain things, kind of still lands on a girls in fantasy land boy, with the exception of Spinner and Paige earlier. Pumpkin right? Bunny. Right? There is a sort pumpkin of like... Bu-
0: pumpkin Bunny.
1: Oh Honey, bee. Honey, Honey Bee. Honey Pumpkin
3: Bunny. <laughs> no.
1: Amazing. Uh,
3: P.S., Remember Terry?
1: I miss
0: her I so much. I remember Terry.
3: <laughs> she used to be on the show. She's in the credits and in yep. the scene where the roses are delivered. Yep. She is sitting there smiling and I ha- was just writing in notes where is Terry? If so I, I was I like, "Oh, to, she's here." If I went to not the party junior high school
0: with Terry, I would have sent a rose to Terry. I just like
2: <laughs> We all know okay, Tiffany. <laughs> Pause on that for a second too, because my school did the flowers on like Valentine's Day, not like randomly in September. Yeah. So, like, I was, so when I was writing the recap,
1: I was like legit confused. That's why I stopped and asked you guys because I was like, Wait, "Well, this was there just is Sweetest Day
0: in October. I don't know if Canada celebrates Sweetest Day or Sweethearts Day or something like that. Isn't that no? Is that a
1: main thing?" No,
3: no, it's a national, no. it's, it's a European yeah. holiday that is on calendars yeah. in October. October oh. It's basically like an October Valentine's Day.
2: I was just confused with the backstory for these flowers. It was um, some
3: charity thing, right? For Because Liberty was selling I, them.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Yes, also, Liberty. bring back
1: Liberty too, please.
3: Liberty, at least, has had yes. a speaking part. That's true. And Kendra well. true. I mean,
2: you like you
3: <laughs> okay every other person in the credits Jacinta has spoken I have been keeping track this time when the credits roll first you of all had the a, mark, you
2: you the got, guy I'm imagining mark. I'm imagining you like that gif with the guy with the wall with all yeah, the I'm old, a like, murder words. board
3: of <laughs> first of all we talked about the new credits at the beginning of this new season they make my head hurt second of all though now I'm watching them every time to see if Terry's still in them, and if I need to start, you didn't wanted posters, right? They just a play the <laughs> wanted poster. Oh so my god! No, uh, so let's talk about the people
1: Wait, but first, like, wait, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. wait, Craig did tell. I mean, I do think before Craig. Before Greg becomes a sleaze bag, he did write her a nice song and told her he loved her in the song. He, he that did do love that. language.
3: That's he wrote, wrote a song. It's he not wrote... specific.
2: <laughs> it's better than their other song that he. <laughs>
3: I actually didn't realize until the end of the episode that Manny walked in. Because of the editing, I thought he looked at Ashley and imagined Manny. Because it was so unclear. Oh. It was like the weirdest intercutting. So I was like, oh, he's imagining that he wrote this song oh. for Manny. And then the end made a lot more sense to me. But no, <laughs> Manny just floats through the world listening to other people's songs. Oh, my God, girl. Mean, I mean,
2: to sure be fair, wasn't like a, it was not a private uh area it was literally the gym where they, were.
3: Singer, they got the best acoustics
1: money. in the gym just ask Chris
3: any old music will do oh
2: uh <laughs> I mean I think like his critical error there is obviously talking to Spinner which is everyone's critical error Whatever. at some point. <laughs> Ugh. Why do people tell him anything? Why why does he get to exist in this world? But also, like Sub- subtlety is not his strong suit.
0: <laughs> um, can I ask a question? Um, does Sully? I think that's his, is it Tully or Sully? It, it's Sully. Sully. Okay. So, like, does he smack Manny's ass? He, like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like is. below. It's below the camera line. But I'm like, did that just actually happen? And I'm just like, it Manny you can do So much. You can do so much better, but not Craig. <laughs>
2: Right? He, I mean, he called her boo, right? So- oh, you my didn't, God. You did not... Yeah, look, compared to Sully, Craig is certainly a, a, at least a positive lateral
3: move. At least <laughs> mentally. Right? I Is, Sully
2: is, is right. he? He's thinking about Ashley the whole time he's hooking
1: up with Manny. He's
2: in his field. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know. because the, the, the ending is kind of open-ended. I
3: think this to me felt like he's thinking about, it seemed like he's thinking about having sex and he also likes Ashley. And those yes. two things are happening yes. at the same time. And And that's what like yeah. the discussion about third base, right, is like there is this sort of like male culture of talking about having sex that gets got in the way, right? This was the Jimmy and Ashley problem, right? is like, and Paige, right, is this like constellation of like, we are talking about expectations. I think he, I mean, clearly, mentally and intellectually, he connects with Ashley, but also she's a girl he thinks is hot and wants to have sex with, but also, that to me feels very real. Well,
2: and I think that it's that, broke. right, and I was, so what I was gonna say though is like, Manny gives him attention and, doesn't really like nag on him, which Ashley doesn't know how to not nag. So that's, that's neither here nor there, but Manny is more like, um, accepting of his shenanigans.
0: Well, and also of wilted roses being given back to her. I mean, like she, she's disappointed, but she, it doesn't say anything to him.
1: And being left hanging to dry with her lips puckered, waiting for a kiss from Sully. And he's just like, oh, hey, babe. Hey,
3: boo. <laughs> with the guy going to Bobby's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ashley is assertively intelligent and Manny is intelligent. But in her pursuit of these sort of romances, she doesn't always assert her. And, and like Craig is kind of dumb. He's... Can be smart in certain situations, they aren't with girls, unless it's Emma, because he doesn't really. Him and Emma are sort of not in that vibe,
1: yeah. That's true. Emma's the only one, um, young woman that he treats like a regular person.
3: Well, he treated (laughs) us like a regular person before they started dating, right? When they were like, yeah, there's a way in which. And then I think he also, I mean, there's also like a little girling of Manny that he did before that he didn't do to Emma. And now, of course, Manny has sort of matured over the summer and dressed herself in a way that reads as more mature. She Um, was at a
1: crossroads. (laughs) <laughs> oh like, 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 like <laughs> Bone Thugs <laughs> and Harmony or Britney Spears. Shall I refer <laughs> into the Blazin' Squad cover of Bone Thugs and Harmony? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Welcome. Wow. Wow. Love Island into this podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> why? why
2: Craig would be on Love Island. Craig would totally be on Love Island. Craig would rule Love Island. But nevertheless, um, I mean, you know. We've seen Craig make questionable decisions before, (laughs) and so this is carry on that particular tradition. Uh, He... get some self caught up in situations
1: of all of the Degrassi not all of all but like this is one of the more believable Degrassi believable high school scenarios that Degrassi is playing out like to me I was like this feels very familiar oh yeah I could totally
2: I I knew Pete well let's not go down the show but (laughs) you gotta get (laughs) them off your chest just in in adolescent world there were certainly people who were in Triangle ish situations like this that I was aware
3: of. The politics, yeah, of like, what are we, right, is such a, I mean, it's always obviously like it never stops, but I think it's especially such a thing in high school and middle school when there's all this, like, yeah, I mean, we use the like language of a break, and I think that's even too serious for really the situation they're in it's just that Ashley wants things to be more solidified because she has a more adult conception of herself, even though she's clearly not an adult.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, like the, there's the complication of like the, the sort of like how you are socially positioned as a couple as well, which played yes. out so like so much in, in that, in the pride episodes where like, the the constant scrutiny over like what exactly is happening with Marco and his relationship with Ellie or his date with Hazel or whatever and so so I think that like we also have an Ashley sort of I don't know I mean like it's it's very personal for her but like we can't also discount the fact that like their performance as a couple um, as and as as the quirky couple in particular you know wearing the goth hula skirt to prom the previous year like it's just um yeah I, I i think that that's part of her sort of
3: and thing. Ashley has something and Ashley has something to prove right i right. mean this show yeah. started yeah. with her the center of the world being looked at then she essentially quote unquote was blamed you know was like she threw it all away and everyone turned against like so right craig and yeah. is the cool kids. Yeah, there is. You're right. That being a couple, yeah, the,
1: the indie group, the indie crew,
3: especially now that Paige and her have this weird friendship again, which I kind of yeah, appreciate. Was, yeah, uh, her oldest
2: friend, oldest <laughs> friend, and her boyfriend, uh, uh, her but her brother didn't...
3: because they could only hire him for the Pride episodes. It's true. So. Also,
2: where was Toby? With like Toby is party? not invited to the party. But it's at his house. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he's hanging uh, out at
3: JT's house. He's tracking uh, nocturnal emissions at JT.
2: Oh God! Leave. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. So,
1: do let's you guys think? Really fast. Do you think Jimmy would have done this to Ashley? This particular thing. I don't think Ashley <laughs> would have been. I don't think <laughs> Ashley would have been in this scenario with Jimmy ever. I think if Ashley said "I love you," Jimmy would be like, "I love you too." Oh yeah, Jimmy absolutely
2: would have said.
3: I, like I mean, it. I think Jimmy's problem would be that he'd say it. That's kind of what happened, right? He'd play it out far past the point where he feels it, right? Wasn't that basically yeah. part of their problem? Yeah. It?
2: Well, and yeah, he he does like a certain amount of being in control. That's true. Which trim. was part of their
3: relationship problem too. So, B plot.
0: Oh Do yeah. There.
3: Yeah. The plot oh, is about, as you said, is about.
0: What? Wait, what is it? I can't remember. What is it?
1: Oh, it's snake. It's snake coping with with oh. having.
3: And so he goes bowling with a person that is never introduced really to us, unless we've watched the original Degrassi.
2: No, he was okay. He uh, he was in the first episode of the Next Generation when they had their reunion and all of them were there, but he's not, sure a, he was, he's not a, he's not
3: really been introduced to us.
2: Yeah. He's not a care. He's not a character you spend a lot of time with, but in that first, those first episodes, it is clear that him and snake do not get along.
3: Uh, no, I mean, I thought the discussion was about suicidality.
2: Well yeah. That, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean,
3: basically it wasn't well, what wheels and I, I thought. Mean, you're that talking
1: subject- about depression, I guess I didn't read. I mean, yeah they're talking about I, I don't know I
3: guess we, maybe maybe yeah. maybe I misread that conversation. I, no,
1: I mean they do um, I read it more as depression but
0: and in the conversations that like folks have around like working through cancer diagnoses and prognoses that like I guess my understanding was like you know there's this sort of conversation about like you have to fight for it if you want to you know beat this thing and and he's just ha- yeah the depression I think is
3: if okay, well like maybe
0: I misread that time, fighting for.
3: I didn't know who that person was. I didn't care about him. I I I'll be entirely honest. I like the adults. I feel like I'm not quite sure why we're tipping so far into Snake's story. I'm kind of don't care. I mean, I care insofar as like I like that person, and he's a part. But like, I was
0: like, why? Why is this? Well, it's here? it's so far alighted the like the the storylines of Emma and and like Spike and Snake, and so like yeah. So I I feel like, I mean, we've gotten a little bit of Emma this season, but she is not, I mean, like, she is the lens through which we are looking at this sort of like adult situation that Spike and Snake find themselves in with new baby and with cancer and everything. But like, in in doing so, like, we have kind like, I feel like the show is using Emma, like in a very weird and particular way to like be a, uh, a conduit by which we get more of the adults' um, storylines. But yeah. yeah, it's it's very strange.
2: I do think the show is invested in maintaining, at least at this point in the series, maintaining connections to the previous series. And I think in this season, they just start leaning into that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I do think they are pretty invested in in keeping at least like joey and spike and snake as sort of central figures in these early seasons
1: yeah and i think the the caitlin sydney joey triangle that i'm sure is gonna happen based on the season opener will further amplify that
3: i was just kind of bored yeah agree <laughs> i mean- and I, I thought it was interesting. I thought, I mean, obviously, it's a compelling storyline. I just, I think the payoff here is
2: for people who are watching this show who are familiar with the previous show, right? Yeah. Like to see to see Wheels come back and him and Snake and Joey rectify their friendship because they were best friends and they fell apart because Wheels went through a lot of stuff. And ultimately killed a kid and injured one of their other friends and so on and so forth. So like, I think that is not a payoff necessarily for people who are brand new. It felt like,
1: yeah, that conversation felt very clunky. Like I, not just, it wasn't just unbelievable, but it also, the flow just didn't work for me. Cause he said, how are you doing? And snake doesn't, fully disclose everything. But he's like, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. I felt that way too. When I was in the, it was like, how does, how is this happening
2: in the bullying? The weird, the weirdest part of that situation to me is that Joey was like, you know, my friends suffering or like struggling, dealing with cancer. Let's call our other kind of friend, who we've had a rough time with. Who he in the doesn't past, like who who was previously incarcerated, and this will be the thing that mends the fences. Like it is an awkward. Like I feel like there are some conversations that happen between Joey and Wheels that we don't see that would probably help this to make more and sense. and probably Spike. <laughs> like I'm sure yeah. Spike was also in on that too. Right, right. Like, give
1: him some perspective or something. But
2: it does I mean I think the thing so like ultimately the idea is to get yeah get snake out of his funk which we do see by the end of the episode when they're reliving their glory days of being in a band together <laughs>
1: yeah
2: with <laughs> <sighs> the one song they have the, the one song. song the one song they have. That's that remedy mm-hmm. okay. so
0: can we move on to favorite things or other other things that we want to say about
2: this episode did you have something else there, Brendan? <laughs> it looked like no,
0: there was something.
3: <laughs> I, just, I think for Manny. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, who knows how. I think Manny in this episode is sort of in this, is, is very ambivalently placed because there's, like there should have been some learning because we as the audience should have seen the learning from the last time her and Craig went down this road, and she hasn't, and I respect that she hasn't, but here it starts to, I mean, I don't think she's predatory, but there is a way that she follows him that is sort of like she's looking for a thing and she does, like everyone's kind of taking advantage of everyone's emotional states. She's taking advantage of it. Ash Ashley's taking advantage of it. Craig is by default taking advantage of everybody's just sort of showing up for him, right? Craig is like bum, bumbling his way into these situations. I don't think he's a victim at all, but I think if if Ashley is manipulating him, there is a bit of manipulation that happens with Manny too to sort of arrive right in this moment when he's feeling low and like he screwed up. Yeah, Ash,
2: uh, Manny's not interested in wasting opportunities. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nope, she's a ghost. Uh, she she saw her window of opportunity and she went right on through there. Yeah. The problem is that Craig is
3: Craig and he's craig so <laughs> And that there, there is an, I mean, even if we want to say there's a break and whatever, like there is another person involved and she's not like Manny Now is, you know good well they don't
2: care about it. Yeah, I know,
3: but that's the thing, right? Is that like, Manny's not dumb. Like that's the hard part for me is like Manny yeah. is smart yeah, enough yeah, yeah, to yeah. know the social dynamics.
0: Yeah, she yeah. knows what's happening. She knows that he is together with Ashley and she sees what happens at the party and that he is leaving. So like like yeah. a, there is there is a knowingness to the thing that she is doing. She is not I, Yeah.
1: I wasn't being flip, flippant when I when I said she would probably be okay with being the weekend. Like I think she fully would be okay with Craig stepping out on Ashley with her. And not not because she's evil, but I think she's like I will I think like Brendan said earlier, she has this, like romance is this motivator for her that makes her stupid and blind.
3: And I think also she's the the way she's changed how she's dressed. We talked a lot about her ambivalence around that episode, how the episode's kind of trying to decide if it's empowerment or if it's like mid-aughts feminism, like like trademarked mm-hmm. feminism. And I think the hard part for me is that we have a lot of Craig and the men and their sexual desire. Ashley's sexual desire we don't see here. We saw it more with Jimmy in, like, her past relationships. And Manny has sexual desire, but it's so expressed visually as romance. And so I think Mm. that is hard for me is, like, I wish that, I almost wish that we had seen Manny, like, want Craig's body. Like, I wish that she was given that, and I think it would actually make that more interesting than just, like, her fantasy is being fulfilled and he and his his blue balls are being fulfilled, essentially. Oh, no.
2: No. (laughs) Uh, It would make it it less cringy. It would
1: certainly Uh, make it less cringy. uh, (laughs) But Why?
3: (laughs) Favorite things? And uh, you just <laughs> said that <laughs> blue balls. Okay. Everyone has no, them. No, you okay. have them, Mr. Raddish no, has them. No, <laughs> no. Uh,
0: I'm gonna go first because I don't want anyone to steal this. It is my very favorite thing from like this season so far, which is at the beginning of the episode when I think it's, I can't remember which it's one of this, these two where Toby is looking at his school pictures. And his, this is, this has to be our screenshot for posting this episode, y'all, is the picture of him looking at, or the screenshot of him looking at his school pictures, which is, he's like doing like a this thing, <laughs> yeah. like where he's got his hand under his face. And it's just, it's so sweet and precious. And his parents ordered two dozen of them. And like, <laughs> I just, like, it. it's my favorite thing. It is so good. And it just shows me like. <clears throat> like I, Toby can also be a jerk obviously but like there's just this sort of like pureness to him like is sort of like sometimes so unselfconsciousness to him that I just I think it shines in in that pose in his in his pictures it's so it's so great I love it so much
2: um, I have two. One is in Gangsta Gangsta, and it's the Fruitopia on the table in the cafeteria. Yay! Yes! Oh my because Fruitopia. Because I love Fruitopia. Thank you so much. And then the second one is in um, Should I Stay or Should I Go? When uh, Chris is buying a flower, and he has the card saying... <clears throat> To my baby girl, Melinda. God damn oh, you!
1: Chris. God damn you, that was
0: my thing! I wrote
2: that
1: down, too! <laughs> to my That's baby girl, good. Melinda. <laughs> no, Chris. God damn you, Just Jacinta! <laughs> that was my thing! Oh, awesome. baby. Amazing. Um... I Usually don't have, have one because okay, I, I know, I know, I gotta for a second. I mean, Manny's two piece, her co-ord two piece was pretty great. It was the fuzzy the pink, pink, pink hat. baby pink crop with the, but yeah, that was fabulous. That that probably is my new one because I re, ugh, baby girl, <laughs> Melinda, don't don't we always wish we were Melinda sometimes. <laughs>
3: uh i already said radish with the donut which i love so much uh (laughs) mostly because i love donuts but also just because it's like so well composed
0: uh it's like action but like not
3: (laughs) it's our fashion things one is ashley's party top and should i stay or should i go (laughs) which is like it's like tulle or crepe like around the shoulders and then it's like it's very strange. And then the other is Spike's hair because she does, I think it's a show I'd say or she has this new hair and it's all the same length. It's just just a little above shoulder length. It's perfectly straight. It's perfectly parted down the middle. The yep. front pieces are blonded, and then it gets darker as it goes back. <laughs> yep. And it's like the I don't know if they were like, well, she's a, a mom again. Uh, it's just I it, I couldn't stop looking. I mean, they do. I think in some ways, Emma and Spike kind of both get short end of the stick in these two episodes
0: but her hair well can i just say so in 1997 i know i remember the year uh it was my senior year uh i had dyed my hair red except for it's so like this is very of that moment i had the two blonde chunks that like you know framed mm-hmm. like right at the front that's very similar to what spike is doing in in these couple of episodes but it's more chunky and there's a a very hard line (laughs) i saw someone in a parking lot at my laundromat have that hair and i was like i know that the 90s have been back for like a while but that is the first time i've seen anyone with that fucking hair and i was just like oh my youth i miss it it was very good
1: yep It's here. Dua Lipa before before the pandemic, Dua Lipa had that hairstyle, that Mm -hmm. Spike has. It's it's so it's so here. (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm gonna say like, um, I know that Mean Girls came out right after this episode, but it was being made at the same time. And the when they were handing out the roses, I kept thinking of, um, Damien. Yeah. Only it was candy saying and no candy case for Gretchen Wiener. That was what I was thinking. It was going to happen to Ashley. So anyway, predictions.
3: It's a mess. Everything will keep going because nothing is resolved. There are like five bombs set to blow up. This is the thing I was texting a little bit just into before this and I was like, how many, I mean, talking about the seediness of these episodes, how many things can we seed? And some of them I'm fine with them being delayed. I'm just going to say the laptop thing not blowing up in the second of the two episodes doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Because they the laptop's still gone. And that, like, so, like, two months later, I'm just going to say something. Is she still with Sean? Uh, that one seemed like the bomb needed to go off a little sooner. But it's going to clearly go off as is clearly the all of this the way Degrassi goes the next two episodes will be about a set of characters we've never met
1: hello <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well
0: uh. we'll talk about it next time <laughs> I have no predictions yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. I, last season I said that Crashly was gonna crash and so I I just I predict Bang. more crashing of the Crashley. is this where Bang. we play cra-
3: is it crashing to me Oh,
2: is that the Dave Matthews song? Yeah, that no. is. But I don't. No. I don't think we want to put that. Here. No, no. God, we like uh, our. Listeners. You are like. <laughs> I don't
3: know the words to that, Brendan. You're
0: ruining the end of this episode with your blue balls and yeah, your you crash into me.
2: <laughs> oh, cut! Cut! <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
3: You can find us on Twitter at that Bleeping pod and on Facebook and Instagram at ThatBleepingPodcast. Listen and subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now. Please rate and review us, share us on your social media, and help other fellow Degrassi nerds find our shenanigans. Shout out to Chris Robley for the use of his song Anonymous from his fifth solo album, The Great Nick Believer," as our theme music. Learn more about Chris and his music at Chris Robley. That's R-O-B-L-E-Y dot And follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Robley. As always, thanks for listening and listen for our next episode in two weeks.
1: Hey, what's Sean's brother's name again? I wrote Thrasher, but that's Thrasher! It. Tracker. Tracker. <laughs> Thrasher's such a cooler name.
3: Thrasher is Thrasher.
2: Thrasher! Thrasher. <laughs> My Thrasher might have been his name if he was on Degrassi Junior High, mm. not Degrassi the Next Generation. <laughs> Damn, or he would, or whatever the
1: Degrassi Gen Z is, because I feel like the thrash, Thrasher T's are all coming back. Well, sure. we'll also talk about wheels
3: later. Oh, yeah, which was yeah, we'll get there because I have feelings. Yeah.
1: yeah. Did you say wheels or meals?
3: Meals on wheels. wheels. No. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, should,
0: should I stay? Should I go? Should
2: Welcome to the should I Podcast. Go? I go? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think you want to play rock band. Because of I Thrasher? Mean, no, should I stay or should I go? <laughs> should I stay or should I go now? Okay, i am fix- gonna that.
1: fix my notes to say tracker instead of thrasher. Okay. <laughs> Hi y'all.
0: <laughs> Hi y'all. Welcome to that bleeping podcast, a podcast where oh, academics.
3: Sick.
1: Wait, what? what? What's going on? <laughs> Sorry,
3: carry on. I was thrashing too hard. <laughs> did you did you thrash too oh my hard, <laughs> hard? I <Did> you <laughs> it just made me a little motion sick. Sorry. I'll turn I'm going to turn my mic off.
1: Just imagine how Lady Gaga feels from that 911 performance.
3: Yeah. It's true. It's true.
1: What? It be... <laughs> the song, not not the... Not the date. <laughs> or the the, date the number. Or... <laughs> we all we all know Lady Gaga's a cab for sure. Right? Uh... <laughs>